The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. You know, it's a, it's a short little gospel passage, but it's, um, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. It's, uh, it, 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 it is perhaps itself the, the, the key that unlocks uh, the gospel for us. But um, yeah, we see Jesus coming on the scene. I mean, this is, again, we're in this uh, space prior to um, the epiphany. But this itself, the baptism of Jesus is, um, say, part of the tripartite epiphany. It's um, the, uh, the, uh, the magi at the manger, right? The, uh, the revelation of God as man to the nations, um, the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan by John, and then um, the uh, wedding feast at Cana. It, they're all kind of three together, kind of densely held together. And so we uh, they're, they're spread out a little bit liturgically, even though they're properly, I don't know what kind of one feast. We get it in the Liturgy of the Hours uh, on the Feast of the Epiphany, uh, which, of course, is not today. <laughs> so it's January 6th, but it's, uh, it's not today. This year, the Magi, they're a little bit slower getting there. So it's, it's not, you know. No, there, there is some correspondence between time, like time as we know it, regular time and liturgical time, but of course, they're they're not exactly the same, right? I mean, we we have the we, the ritual uh, run it after year after year, but um, uh, but it, it doesn't correspond directly to to our time, and uh, and of course we can mark we can mark these events uh, the way that the church provides, of course, is the right way to do it. Um, so yeah, anyway, we have so we have this um, this great little scene in in the Gospel of Mark. Um, Jesus coming to be baptized by John, this baptism of repentance, of course, the, you know, the one who has no need of repentance. Yeah, I, uh, I, think we have to, I think we have to grasp that, of course, right? Jesus has no need of repentance. Uh, he is uh, the second person of the, of the Blessed Trinity. He is perfect, in, in perfect communion with, with God, perfect, um, ecstatic communion, relationship with God, totally, totally fulfilled, totally fulfilling uh, everything he, he is, he receives from the Father, to whom he returns everything in, in perfect offering, thank-filled praise and, uh, and uh, dedicated service. So th- there's, um, there's, no, there's no sense at all, even in the scriptures, that uh, Jesus is in need of repentance. He's not in need of repentance. But what, what we see here is, is a narrative that goes beyond, I think, those more kind of narrow uh, doctrinal categories, and the, and this is it, right? Jesus here is seen as the Messiah, and the Messiah is identified with his people. So he he in fact is Israel in the flesh, and those who follow him are the new Israel. 
So, it ha- so Jesus at the, be- at the head of the movement, and truly so. This is how significant it is. Truly so. He has to identify with, with people in that path of that uh, in that path of repentance in their preparation for the coming of the messiah he's the one to go down into water and lead them out and into god's promised land so he and and he does it as one of them maybe this is maybe this is itself scandalous for us that god actually is identifying with us in that very place and he's he's leading us out not as the other, as it were, but he's leading us out as one of us. He's leading us out at the head of this movement. And he remains, of course, at the head of his, his body, the church. So I have this Jesus going down into the waters and, and making his way out. But of course, before he does, the, the heavens being torn open. I shouldn't say that, actually, because here there, there's not a, a sequential reality. He's, he's perhaps baptized, and then he's already, he's already out. And then the, um, the heavens being torn open, and what we see from uh, from from Mark is this kind of um, I don't know this uh, the the retelling is of of what happened in Jesus's in the baptism, but also his anointing um, by the Spirit is is very sparse. But he he's giving us he's giving us all the main points that that we need, but he's not uh, I don't know what I don't know how to say he's not offering too much in terms of interpretation. He's just give, he's giving us what happened, and it's significant enough, and we can pull away what, what we need uh, to pull away from it ourselves in our in our own work. So he's he's baptized. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open, and the spirit. So he saw Jesus saw the heavens being torn open, the spirit like a dove descending upon him. How does how does Saint Mark know that Jesus saw this? Because of course Jesus will have had to communicate this, so he will have had to say this to others that this is what happened when he was baptized in the Jordan by John. So this is, I mean, the beauty of Jesus's, uh, you know, his own eyewitness testimony recorded in the scriptures for us. Um, he saw the heavens being torn open, the spirit like a dove descending upon him. This is, this is heaven, the life of heaven, infiltrating the earth, right? This is, um, this is God's, God's blessing, his anointing, the spirit like a dove descending on Jesus, marking, marking him out. Uh, as his as his beloved son, which makes him Israel. Israel is God's beloved son. You are my beloved son. With you, I'm well pleased. But this is it. And right after this, Jesus thrust out into the into the desert to be tempted, and the rest. Yeah, to to face that, to have that first face off with with the devil, in which he he conquers him by remaining true to his identity, who God has claimed him to be, who the Father has claimed him to be, and uh, and persevering in that identity in the face of all manner of temptation and, un- and, and other ways to accomplish the mission that God is entrusting to him. This is significant, right? Because here we see that, the, here we see the primacy of identity in relation, right? In relationship. So the, the son is only the son in relationship to the father. And he has to live out that relationship authentically um, and uh, and heartfully in order to br- in, in order to advance God's purposes and according to uh, and and in order to um, achieve what God intends uh, for him to achieve to achieve as the as the head of that renewal movement that is Jesus's faithful followers the church tasked also with uh, bringing new life to the world right um, uh, raising up God's fallen world but here and uh, but here it is okay that, that was all preamble sorry to say <laughs> Here comes the real homily. No, that was all preamble. Because here, here's the thing. This is, this is, 
These are the words that we need to hear. These are the words that we need to hear. The words spoken to Jesus that sustain him, of course, in his in his identity in the face of temptation and the rest. This the same that establish us as God's beloved sons and daughters in the Son. Right? So we are God's sons and daughters in the Son of God, which means that these words are intended for us too. And these words, I will say, are healing and restorative words. They're healing, renewing, restorative words. And if we are to have any part in God's plan at all, these words will be at the heart of everything we do. The words that, that, uh, that are spoken from the heavens. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. I don't know that we can hear that. We need to make, we need to make space for ourselves in order to hear that. We need to give this the time and the space that God wants us to give it. We, we're being claimed by God. In Christ Jesus, we're being claimed by God. Do we know ourselves to be God's beloved sons and daughters? Do we believe that God delights in us? You don't. I'm sorry, you don't. You don't. Well, and I can say it because you don't well enough. Do you know what I mean? It's not. I know. I know because I try to do it and it's not, it's not really happening all that well, right? Is that it's not, that is not the foundation of your entire life. That God loves you and he delights in you. So like, because we hear the words enough. This is, this is why sometimes I'm railing against um, doctrinal formulas, right? Is that we hear that God loves us. Oh yeah, he loves me. What I, no, that, like that he delights in you. That, that feels different. It's really, this, it's really the same kind of thing, do you know? It's, it's really not much different. He's well pleased with you. This, I mean, that might even feel unsafe. I don't know. In as much as we are conformed to the life of Christ. Yeah, but in as much, can I say this though? In as much as we're not conformed to the life of Christ, how do, you th- how do you think you're going to get there? You're going to get there by your own strength and wisdom and ability? You're not. You're going to get there because God is going to love you into that. Precisely because he has called you into life. He has loved you into life. And he sustains you with his love. He delights in you. M- many of you are parents, right? You delight in your children, even when they're being ridiculous idiots you know it's like even when they're causing themselves all the pain in the world you delight in them still and that's a tiny fraction of what of God's love for you so we have to believe this we have to hear we have to hear this another translation is you are my dear dear child you are my dear dear child with you I'm well pleased I delight in you this, it, it, we have to let that melt our hearts, you know? We have, to let, we have to let that take possession of our hearts. And then we can start to, if you can start to feel that, then you can start to feel the, the I don't know, I don't want to say, I want to say the work. What I mean is like the service or, or really the love that comes out of that. Right? You are loved. 
in this way. You are, God delights in you. I need to pour myself out for him. You can, you can feel it. That's, that's Christian service. I say also, St. Andre Bassett, this is his life. He's a very simple man. He didn't, he didn't have the intellectual capacity of, of many of the people that would have required holy orders, uh, the, uh, who would have uh, pursued holy orders and the rest. He pursued it. He, he didn't get there because of his intellectual incapacity. But he was a servant of God. He was dedicated to God. He knew himself to be loved, and he sought nothing else than to bring that love to life. He walked the, he walked the way of prayer and love with a commitment that is really, I don't know, it's, 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 it's a model, right? It's, it's an ideal. But we can do it too because God intends us to do it. Because he wants to love us into the fullness of life. And that's what, he, that's what he intends to do. Anyway, my friends, yeah, you are my dear, dear child. Hear it for yourself and spend time with it in reflection. You are my dear, dear child. I delight in you.